Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. I didn't want to get up and I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl last night. Yeah, and you kind of said you weren't feeling yeah, super interested in it. Bag out of that thing. And uh, we got a knock on the door about five minutes before kickoff. Five minutes before it was scheduled. Kickoff didn't happen for like 15 minutes after <laughs> right. it was yeah. scheduled. You're right. But that's okay. They got to they gotta do that. They got to sell ads. Yeah, Poor guys are going show. broke. Um, going broke. <laughs> Love offering daycare yeah. during halftime. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something they pass a hat? <laughs> Roger gets out there on the field and say, hey, I was just wondering, can we pass some hats here for the NFL? If you've enjoyed the program. That's right. I was uh, blown away, though. I've, well, what happened is we had some neighbors knock on the door, and they had, uh, they, they're really cool neighbors. They've got all the electronic gizmos because they're young kids, you know, and they uh, got a little yeah. girl. And their, one of their gizmos on their entrance to their whole home was uh, – powered down and there was no way to get in oh no, no. that's horrible man. yeah man those, those good old-fashioned oh. padlocks and then their doors that we had back in the day you know what i'm gonna that's keep right. so like you're saying right now i'm gonna keep sticking with a little key a little, little physical <laughs> key yep. i can always get in the house you, yeah i'll never i never forget when they first went to uh they didn't have just stick the plastic up on the sensor in the hotel room they had the uh slip it in the slot yes i'm like Oh, wow. More satisfying, We're too. moving on up. Absolutely. <laughs> what did right. you use before that? But, well, back in the day, we used to have a key, key. that had an key. S-hook I guess that, that was sense. hooked up to a big old tag yeah, if you were in a regular sense. regular hotel, <laughs> uh, not one of the fancy ones. But, no, I mean, even the fancy ones had a little S-hook with sure. the tag. Of course, yeah. With the room number on it. Right. They had, like, a board kind of thing with the hooks yeah, they and the numbers board. and yeah back like petticoat junction man back in the <laughs> so day funny. no it was uh it was wild so anyway the friends came over and he says oh we're locked out can we come on in well i knew he wanted to watch the game so i whipped that thing on while he went to go get his wife and uh so i got into the game and then i never went away and hmm. so disappointing at the end of that thing I i'm know. disappointed for kc because why? I had no dog in the hunt. My wife became a KC fan. I became a Philly fan by the time the game was over, which is really funny. But <laughs> I feel bad for KC because of that. They sh- they should have held on to that flag and not thrown that thing. Hmm. I feel bad for KC because I think KC could ha- – they had a higher probability of winning the game. They did. But, man – yeah, well, you now it's, you wake up this morning after winning the Super Bowl, and it's all anybody's talking about. Yeah, and it, it takes the luster off the win. That's why I feel like that flag, some people would say, oh, that's that's the way it goes. But I'm with, who's who's the cat daddy calling the color on the game? Uh, oh, uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson's yeah. amazing, by the He's way. He's very, very good. But he called it right. He's like, you know, you gotta, you can't throw that flag, man. Those yeah. kind of, that, quote, holding call, oh, my goodness. And it was happened. very small. Was that? I mean, there's more than that on the Bulls every night. It's and true. they play basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is football, guys. Yeah, I know. I, I, and there was no way he was going to catch up to that ball, right? Yeah, it's hard because the, the first 58 minutes of the game were so good. Oh, if you're going to have two bad minutes, make it like in the second quarter. Yeah, no, not, you're right about not that. Not in the fourth at the last two possible yeah. minutes of the game. And I, feel, I felt bad for Jalen because he had that fumble for six. Yeah, it just dropped it. It just dropped right out well, of his Well, and that hand. goes to show you that it doesn't 
doesn't all come down to one play. You know, like there no, are no, I mean, it's there are the so many things yeah. that are a part of it. And I was proud of Philadelphia. They they did the right thing. The guy even said, "Yeah, I kind of held him. I was hoping he wouldn't see it." Yeah, I think they're being really classy, and the head coach is classy, very because you don't want to go. Yeah, we. Yeah, let's riot on the streets of Philly. We were robbed. <laughs> we were robbed. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a, it was a, it kind of went, eh. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like even the post game celebration felt a little. It did. It kind of felt everything was just calm yeah. and kind of like, I hey, did. yeah, we yeah, won. We won the we won Super the Bowl. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. It just, didn't it feel kind of lackluster? It did at the end. I asked Absolutely. my bride, I go, does this feel weird? She goes, yeah, it doesn't feel like a. Yeah. My wife deal. said the same thing. She's like, weird? this feels this feels like no one really cares. They won the game. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, it breeds some suspense for next year. Oh, for sure. Nothing else. Absolutely. A lot in the news, news guys. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I always wondered. I always wondered as a kid growing up, how in the world? And this is before I was saved, but, I, you know, we heard about the rapture all the time. And I don't care if you're a pre-trib rapturist or a post-trib or mid-trib rapturist. When there is a rapture of the saints, a gathering up, according to Matthew 24 and 1 Thessalonians, the question I always had as a kid growing up is, well, who in the cat air is going to witness a rapture of a bunch of Christ followers mm. and not fall down on their face before the Lord? Sure, yeah. And that was always my thought. Well, we've had increasing evidence how the prince and power of the air is going to make this thing seem less, um, how how should I say, world-wrecking or uh, the way Satan, I believe, is plotting so that people will, in fact, not fall down before a holy God and say, we will give our life to him right now is because of what's going on. In the air in the last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a revival going on at Asbury University. If you haven't heard about that one, Boom <laughs> Cruise. So we got a lot of stuff just in the news right now that we are going to cover. Yeah. But um, yeah, bummer way to end the Super Bowl for KC. <laughs> Almost more so for KC than for Philly. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree yeah, with you. Yeah. I never really thought about that until you said it, but yeah, you're you're kind of right. It's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. But we move on, and uh, you know, my bride, she's so great on this. She she goes, I'm just glad we have a just God. <laughs> That's her response to all this stuff. <laughs> I'm just glad we have a just God. Amen. He'll Aww. sort it all out in the end. That's funny. <laughs> That's my pride, yeah, I know. <laughs> she just, she okay. says it so sweetly. Yeah. She's sitting there. I'm just glad we have a just God. That's right. When it, when everything gets sorted out at the end, he'll go. Jalen hurts. Yeah, you should have won that yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, just I, so you know. I can see. I can see all of time, and Jalen would have come down, and they would have actually won with a TD. Yeah. So here's the, your Super Bowl. The last yeah. five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carlin. Good morning's coming up here in a moment. I always wonder two things from Scripture. I wondered how in the world are these guys beating on the door in Genesis 18? How in the world does this happen? And I'll explain that beating on the door thing. And I always wondered, how in the world are people going to miss the rapture and not fall down and go, we worship God. Mm-hmm. We are so repentant that we were left behind. Whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, doesn't matter. I always wondered, how in the world is this going to happen? Now I know how it's going to happen. <laughs> I suspected for it. years. Because <laughs> Roswell and all that. Sure. Yeah, You've yeah. got octagonal objects oh. getting shot out of the sky that have no way they should be in the air. Hang on. New to the show? 
Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Sometimes you got to go right to the news and you can't avoid it. And there's a way to look at it through the scriptures. There's two passages of scripture that have always been a conundrum to me. When I was a kid growing up and I was in church and I was reading Genesis 18, or we had it told to us, and then Genesis 19, where Abraham is talking to God about striking a deal to spare Sodom, right? Okay. And yeah. what do he say? If there's 20 righteous, if there, uh, what do he start with? 50? I forget what's the right 100 or 50. 100, 50, 20. 10. 10 is the final number. If there's 10 righteous, I'll spare it. Turns out there weren't 10 righteous mm. in the whole city. And the image is that two angels of God, and they had to have been uh, angels in disguise, according okay. to Hebrews, because they were visual, they were visibly seen by the men of Sodom. Right, and appeared to them to be men. Like men. So there was nothing extraordinary appearing about them. No, there was nothing like, oh, well, these are in angels. They didn't have glowing light around no. them or anything. So they're beating on the door of the home where Lot's at. And Lot comes out and says, please. Well, the men were beaten on the door to have homosexual relationships with these angels. And I remember thinking as a kid, no. Well, now you see it, I'm just going to be real candid with you. Sure. You look at what's going on in our culture today, and you hear of some of the scenes and events and some kind of underground and after hours bars, and you go, oh, okay, uh, all right. I mean, it's a weird story, but all right, I get it. So that was one big question mark as a kid. Another one that's really relevant with um, an incident that's happened over the last four days is I always wondered how in the cat hair are people when there's a rapture of whatever percentage of the given population. But Matthew 24, we were talking about it on Freedom Friday. Two men walking up a hill. One's gone. The other one's left. Two women grinding at the, at the wheat mill. One's gone. The other one's left. How in the world do those that are left behind not just fall on their faces before God in mass, which scriptures say they don't, and worship God? And, you know, for years, I, I was flummoxed by that. I'm like, there's something going on. Well, then, you know, you start hearing about UFO sightings and you start going, okay. Well, then the Roswell tapes get released and there's a certain amount that are classified and now our own armed forces is saying that there's some UFOs that are, they have no way to discern where in the world those things originated from. I mean, that's, that came out of all that big file sure. release. Yeah. And then you've got not one, not two, not three, but four incidences in the last week. One is a balloon, and it apparently came from China. But the other one is shot down over Prudhoe Bay, where I worked in the oil fields. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, that's right. I, huh. I looked at the camps where they were at, and I'm like, I've been there. Interesting. And the F-22s that were scrambled mm -hmm. said that the whatever that was was emanating signals that was jamming some of their, um, ah, what's the word? Uh, signal jamming? Yeah, signal jamming. Yeah. It was doing some signal jamming on them. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I don't even know if that F-22 pilot was supposed to say that, but he did in a debrief. Because sure. mo- most of these guys are locked down on intelligence mm-hmm. stuff. Sure, sure. But then you get something over Montana there shortly. Oh, then, you, then there's one in Canadian airspace, and they shoot that sucker down. Then they have a sighting over Montana like 48 hours ago, but they didn't want to shoot it. Oh, no, they scrambled jets out of Portland. So they scam- scramble fighters out of Portland. <laughs> the fighters can't find this thing. Disappears. Now, I've read this. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it goes over uh, Wisconsin last night, or uh, not last night, two nights ago, and reappears, bada-bing, in the Great Lakes right over Lake Huron. And they scramble F-15s, and they shoot an octagonal object down that has no apparent means of locomotion, Um and or what's the word? Doesn't not, have like thrusters or a any, turbine. That's the word I'm struggling. It, well, no, fl- that's that's the other crazy issue in this is that now even the article that I read early this morning says it's octagonal and it must have a spherical kind of helium type internal device that keeps it elevated. Right. So we've shot down some things. Apparently, they're going to go find the scraps. But here's my point. There's enough weird stuff in the news to begin to finally rationalize a mass rapture of disciples. Whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, doesn't matter. There's ample evidence. There's enough evidence for an unbelieving world to rationalize why we're gone. Hmm. So it's just... It's just, we are living in some strange times. On top of that, we've got a revival breaking out in Kentucky, guys. Yes. So coming up, I mean, we're just going to go, we're going blitz (laughs) on you here this morning. So coming up in a minute and a half, if you have not heard about the revival at Asbury University, we're going to give you the cliff notes on this. And there are good people. One guy's name is Bill Elliff, who's been down there and witnessed this had a 12-point observation blog on it that was just amazing. Matter of fact, let's load up that blog of Bill Ellis. We'll get that out to the boom crew. I want you to read this because this guy I know for sure is so rock-solid biblically. Mm -hmm. He and his brother Jim are just rocks. In fact, I was talking to Hutz Hertzberg, who used to be uh, Erwin Lutz's right-hand man. He goes, yeah, he's like, Ellis is like spot on. This guy's just right on. Cool. And his little piece on what's going on in Asbury University, where there was a revival in 1970. That's what I've been reading about it since yeah. you sent that article. It, I mean, it, wow. Well, there's a lot going on, guys. Yeah. So I promise we're going to get to Jehoshaphat. But then, by the way, my riddle is solved. Jumping Jehoshaphat is a reference to King Jehoshaphat. Is it really? Yeah, there was a whole... A uh, song written about it. Oh. It's a goofy song. We might play it, though, before the day is done. <laughs> hang, on, hang on. Coming up in a minute nap. What's going on? If you haven't heard about Asbury University, all I'm going to tell you this. They had a, a, a preacher preach. The gospel choir got up and sang two songs. And the Spirit of God fell, and it has not stopped for over 100 hours. One continual worship service with a lot going on. We'll give you details straight ahead. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram.
All right, I'm going to lean on you, Young Thunder. You got some uh, news feed on Asbury Revival? Yeah. All right, so what do we got? This is from uh, NBC's Lexington branch, uh, and they, they've they been reporting on this, as so many other news affiliates have. Uh, they talked about how this Asbury University in Kentucky uh, started a chapel service at, on Wednesday at 10 a.m., and that's normal. Uh, a lot of Christian colleges have chapel services. Yep. It was supposed to end at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. People lingered. The band kind of kept playing. And at- from time to time. I'll editorialize if yeah, I could. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, from time to time, I, I I heard one of the girls that was in the gospel choir with her roommate who was sitting in the audience said, yeah. from time to time, like even at our church, the band will keep playing and people are walking out, but some yes. still stick around and worship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and people stuck around and some people had to leave for class. So those people came back. And so the the worship just kept going. It kept happening. And it is now Monday morning and the worship is still going. 100, 100 plus hours. But it's not only included worship. It's included Really serious repentance. Yes. Confession of sin. Yes. There are some verifiable claims of some kind of healings that are going on. Mm. Uh, God's spirit is on the move, and there are good people that are checking this out. Asbury University, by the way, was the site of a revival during the Jesus People movement of 1970. Yeah. So it's really cool what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. They The administrators brought in food and water to help keep people there and meet their needs while they're there. They said, uh, you know, a couple nights ago, they had people from Transylvania, Asbury, UK. We had uh, people in the middle of the night, a bus from Mount Vernon. Nazarene College come down. 31 Christian colleges have reps that have descended on that site. Amazing. Amazing. And the word I got is that Wesleyan University, apparently there's there's been some spillover of the revival to other campus nearby. Yeah. They got kids coming from, uh, uh, what's the, uh, not Duke, what, from Kentucky, University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They got students coming from the University of Kentucky that are falling on their faces. Yeah. And and what's going on here? This isn't like, uh, you know, barking and howling and crazy junk like we've heard in the past. This is just sincere, actually quite calm, and a sweet presence of the power of the Holy Spirit descending on this place. Man. <laughs> you got to get fired up. This is incredible. Incredible. Oh, and I've been in communication. I've been shooting Mark Job and Wes Ward and Matt McNeely, our manager here, and Andrew Wilson, our church relations guy. I've been firing them stuff. And I first heard this from Susan Brown, who is the per coordinator for Naperville. And she sent me an email and she goes, have you seen this? And I'm like, no. And I hit a couple links and I'm like, Man, I've been a rabid dog ever since. Me too. <laughs> I'm not fired stuff. it to you guys. Yeah, yeah you yeah. sent it to us. So I've been reading their, they have a student newspaper that, that's kind of covering it at, day by day and sending out some updates. Isn't it awesome? And, and it's, it's been picked up by other out, news outlets that are kind of writing about it. So it's, it's pretty incredible. It's amazing. I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you what, a lot is cooking right now. And you got two nights ago, I could not believe it. Asbury Revival was trending on Twitter. Yeah. Trending. Was yeah. it? Trending on Twitter. Wow. It takes a lot to trend on Twitter. So there's a lot going on. Uh, coming up here, coming up here after news, 
We might even get some hot takes from you guys, but we've been through multiple things right now. And that's not all. We've, we've got more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, we've got more. And, you know, I was telling Allie this morning, I really believe this, kiddo, talking to you like my daughter right now. Okay. I really believe that we're coming into a time with radio that we're going to have more and more things that are in the news that aren't just um, they, they bleed, they lead. I believe that they're going to have, I'm not talking all the time, and I'm not saying we're going to always respond to the news. We're going to come back to the word of God always in here, even with news. That's what we're trying to do today. We're coming yeah. back to the, to the scriptures. But I think we're coming into a time when we're going to see world events that are going to cause us to go, whoa, we got to talk about the world event. So you hold up the news. Remember who said it back in the day. I, I, I go through my life holding the paper in one hand and the scriptures in the other. Mm, oh who man, that's that? a good quote. I don't remember who. Who it's from said that? that? Boom crew, three one two two seven four nine six two four. Who said that? But we are going to have to. I think we're coming into a day when there's going to be more of that, and it's okay. But we're here, boom crew. I need you to hear me. We're going to respond to world events with the world event, one eye on it, and the other eye on the scriptures. Because we're going to interpret things through the word of God. Here's why. The word of God never fails. The more closely you look, the more true it is. Yeah. The, the more powerful the telescope, the more powerful the microscope, and the deeper we dig in the Holy Land, all we do is confirm more of God in his scriptures. Hang on. After news, we're going to bust it loose. We got one more thing for you. We just went, boom, and now we got more. <laughs> It was theologian Carl Barth who said it. Carl Barth. Okay. Barthian theology is an interesting theology. Hmm. Carl Barth said that. That doesn't surprise me. It was another Carl. Yeah. Carl with a K. <laughs> Carl with a K. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He only, uh, he's got a little squiggly theology there some, sometimes. Okay. He believed that the first uh, three chapters of the Bible were all myth. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? Which... Is an interesting thought. A little bit. All right, coming up here, we're going to break it down for you guys. We've got a lot going on here. My goodness, look at what's happening this morning. We have keyword resources for you as well. So put your track shoes on, as Carl likes to say. <laughs> and and get your... a sip of water. <laughs> no, get a swig of water, Allie. Get a swig, <laughs> swig of water. Swig of water and track shoes if Hang you're on. ready to go. Hang on. Good morning. I'm Jonathan. And hey, let's get you updated this morning. The death toll from last week's earthquake in Turkey and Syria has surpassed 34,000. The Syria Civil Defense Volunteer Organization called White Helmets has ended rescue operations in the rebel-controlled northwest region of the country. An Israeli search and rescue group has left Turkey as well due to what it's calling a significant security threat. Rescue efforts have also produced some success stories with some people being rescued after over 100 hours of being trapped in the rubble. Three 13-year-olds are facing charges in connection with a fatal crash involving a stolen car in the Robbins neighborhood. Shortly after dispatch was notified, the stolen Kia had been spotted. The vehicle was involved in a crash with a late model Ford Taurus. 71-year-old man driving the Taurus was pulled from the vehicle, taken to the hospital where he later died. All three teens were arrested at the scene. This week brings a lot for investors to digest. 
To kick things off, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York is set to release both one- and five-year inflation expectations today. The Consumer Price Index comes out the following day, with analysts predicting the prices of goods and services likely rose last month, a development that would point to Federal Reserve policymakers needing to do more to lower inflation. Retail sales are due Wednesday, weekly jobless claims on Thursday, and the government's index of leading economic indicators on Friday. Now, for weather and traffic, it's Super Die. It's going to be a nice day today. We're clear skies right now at 36 degrees, but a high today of 51 and plenty of sunshine. High around 50 tomorrow, but maybe a little rain moving into the area. Let's check out area roadways, and we are watching a tough scene on I-55 southbound. All lanes, everything is closed off southbound 55 from Weber to 30 with a car and a semi-truck accident going on here. A lot of equipment there. Northbound lanes are open, but a little tight through the scene with gapers. But that southbound stretch, again, closed off between Weber and U.S. 30. Traveling elsewhere and looking at some delays, a Veterans Memorial Tollway, southbound I-355. There's an accident at 22nd Street, trying to get that out of the right lane. A little build up on the Kennedy O'Hare and 30. Express lanes will save you a few. And you're Ryan at 18 minutes, 95th on in. I'm Diana, and there's your update. Super Die, quick look at sports. Well, <laughs> well you might have heard, yes, that? Kansas City Chiefs are once again the champs. I feel Maybe bad for these. them. You do? Yeah, do you feel bad for them on that thing? We talked about it right at the top of the hour. Feel but bad for the Chiefs? Yeah, I feel bad. I wish that they, they would have won, won it without that flag being valor? thrown. Okay. No, you know, valor may be a word. Just more. I. It was the funniest. Young Thunder and I were talking about this. Yeah. The celebration was so muted by <laughs> the fact that that penalty was thrown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just told it. It just made a wax job on a car look like, uh-oh, nobody really did it. It just took the shine off. Yeah, it, even like even the Chiefs players and coaches didn't seem super excited no, they when they were being interviewed. They were kind of like, yeah, we yeah, did it. We won the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. Got to go now. You can't throw that flag, <laughs> no. man. Well, you can't do it. when a, an end of game comes down to more like strategy than actual football. So it was like oh, watching yeah. that play out at the end and like the time tick down to then, oh, I'm going then we're going to gonna kneel. call a timeout. Now well, we're going to kneel. Uh, is it McKinnon? Uh, Isaiah McKinnon, yes. Yeah, McKinnon was was smart. He just... Yeah, he just got down instead of scoring got the down touchdown. Because you don't want to score a TD. And yeah. it was like, oh... Well, that's but, just not, it's not so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, but the, the the pass that got the flag on it, you know, the guy said he held him a little bit. But here's the problem. Those kind of holds happen all the time. I know. Yeah. And they're always overlooked. Yeah. But you can't throw the flag on that one because it took, and I can see this, I had no real dog in the hunt. Sure. So I'm like, I'm bummed for Mahomes and Kelsey and all the team because it's like just takes the shine off of it a little bit. A little bit, but I was just grateful the kicker was redeemed because he had an earlier doink. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, there so, was a doink? I didn't notice he, that. Yeah, he, he did it. He doinked. And so at least he was able to what? redeem himself okay. at the end and win the game. <laughs> Isn't doinking the funniest thing? Because if I kicked a ball. <laughs> it's got to be so hard to do, right? It's harder than I don't scoring know, a field goal. I don't know that I could kick 2,000 balls and hit an upright. No, me neither. I and, I couldn't. And yet it seems like they hit them all the time, yeah, no. especially in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, we love well, the doinker on here. Hello. I'm doing twice. <laughs> All right, what else you got, sister? Uh, for the Blackhawks, they're off today. They play in Montreal. Actually, they're on their Canada run this week. Uh, Bulls will host Orlando for tonight. And we got some Cubs 
and some White Sox pitchers and catchers reporting today. Well, it makes Woo! sense with the sun coming out here. Now Baseball. it kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. Okay, okay. Major but any, everyone's getting excited around Chicagoland. I just want everyone to keep your head about you. Because what, what we're still in February. Oh. Everybody okay. just nah. enjoy it. Slow the roll. But don't put away your winter clothes <laughs> just yet. Really nice, though, it kind of so. feels like it's here to stay. <laughs> oh, no. You got sucked in, too. Yeah. I, I, it's been a, like a decent amount of time where it's not been really cold. I don't know no, if it's, it's coming back. Man, it was colder than a well digger's backside. When was it that it was like, when was that? <laughs> Interesting reference. Uh, that was a, couple weeks a few ago. weeks ago. Yeah, not that long well, ago. Well, I mean, Christmas, it was really, it snowed a lot a oh, couple no, weeks Christ- ago. Christmas, Christmas was cold. It was cold. Yeah. Those yeah, well diggers, they were cold that, that when, time How long have you been saying that one? Because that's a... Colder than a well diggers backside? Oh, a while. I don't know. Is that uh, is that one that you just heard growing up? Or? I heard it. I heard it all the time growing I up. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that. You know, I don't even know what I, it's a reference hear, to. The only thing I you can... Do, you don't? Well, I think I do. And like my dad, he hand dug his well when I was in Homer. When we were in Homer, Alaska, and I was born, he hand dug a well 50 feet down. And okay. mom would wow. haul the buckets of dirt out, and dad would just be pickaxing and digging. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so he went 50 feet down building a wood crib as he went. And uh, if you get up against, and I've dug wells with my dad, I've not all the way down, but like in a, in a place where you put your pump and everything so it's insulated, and mm-hmm. then the well driller comes in and he goes further down. But I've been up against a wall of dirt, and colder than a well digger's backside, the only reason I think – that euphemism is there is that I have had my backside against the wall of dirt and it's cold. It's cold down below so the I'm, surface. So I'm thinking okay. maybe a well digger gets cold backside from <laughs> digging a well and putting his booty against the dirt. I don't know for it. sure. There you have it. Interesting. Here to help you in any learn, way we can. Learn through. something new every day. <laughs> I don't know. If anyone knows colder than well diggers backside where that actually comes from, Hopefully, I'm not something saying I'm something really crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we're sorry you know it. And <laughs> give us a heads up on it, would you? Somebody out there does right now. Yeah. They're like, "All right, what's that number?" And what is that number? Three one two two seven four nine six two four. So there's a revival going on at Asbury University, and it's so cool. Allie's giddy this morning. It, 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 I, when you sent this article to me, I had not heard anything about it. This is not something that you're going to see as a breaking news item on CNN, or it's not going to pop up as an alert on your phone. But once you find out that it's happening, and I started doing some digging, there is a little bit of reporting. It's created quite a buzz. People are coming in from other places, other states, even other countries to experience yeah. this. What started as a uh, kind of ordinary routine chapel service on a small Christian college campus was supposed to 11 o'clock class was supposed to be what happened after chapel. Everybody leaves and gets to their 11 o'clock class. Well, Hours turned to days, and it's been over 100 hours, and this little meeting has now grown, and it's still going on. People worshiping and praying and at the altar and confessing sin. And it's reading about it, you just go, man, I want to experience something like this too. Yeah. Bill Elif Alley is a guy that I just really respect. I've had a chance to meet him. He's uh, in the Little Rock area, planted a church called The Summit. But he's been a prolific writer. In fact, he and his brother Jim are just— Great men of God. They're just great dudes. Well, he took a trip over there. And he's like, I got to go see what's going on. Yeah. 
and he did a remarkable piece. Tell you what I want to do. Let's get it to the Boom Crew right now. Have we got a link? We do. Okay. I want you to get this link, guys, because I want you to read it. And then we're going to break it down a little bit on air for you. Because I think what Bill Elif has done is he went there just going, all right, what's happening here? And he walked away going, this is of God. Yeah. So if you want to read this short little blog article, just text the word REVIVAL to 312-274-9624. REVIVAL to 312 312- Two seven four nine six two four. This is CC Winans. I've got joy. Who's got joy? I got joy. Where? Down in my heart. <laughs> is it going to stay? Oh yeah. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're Carlin Crew Mornings. Yeah, having a little bit of fun. Following Jesus. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You remember that song? No, not at all. Oh, turn off that bumper music. We got to find this song. I can't even count how many times you sing something <laughs> that you expect us to have all you go, known. You remember all right, that? Boob crew, <laughs> tell me if you know this one. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and he's the one I'm... Waiting for, I think waiting, not living for, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You, I you don't remember that song? I can promise you I have never I, heard that song. Like that's that. a great little tune, man. That was, it was well, very well sung, but I just still don't remember it. <laughs> but, see, you don't know if it was well sung or not. <laughs> so maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> Anyone remember that song? Help me, help me, if somebody. you remember that song, oh, okay. We've got confirmation from seven eight two three four six nine. Oh, it's two more more than oh, I. Oh, they're can pouring even call in out. here. You know what that tells me? What? There's more old folks like me listening here to Carlin Crew Mornings. <laughs> it's Carlin oh, Crew man. Mornings here. Uh, take it away. What do you got, Allie? Well, th- we sent out this blog article. How do you say this gentleman's last name? Elif. Elif. Bill. Bill Elif. He he is a pastor. Give me some background because okay, I Bill, didn't know about Bill him. Elif is is quite a guy. In fact, he wrote a he wrote a little booklet on uh, basically the answering the question: What do you do with children? who give their life to Christ at a young age, what should you do? How do you deal with all that? In fact, I'm going to give this to you because this, we got to get that thing promoted on air. It's just a little booklet and it's powerful. I would say he's one, he's a great church planter slash theologian who is one of the most contagious, authentic men you will ever meet. He's super respected nationally and internationally, his brother Jim Elif as well. But he and his wife, Took a little trip. To Asbury University, which is a small little uh, Christian college. They wanted to see. They'd heard about this chapel service that started on a Wednesday morning and to the Holy Spirit fell and it turned into this revival meeting that had lasted at that point um, at least a day or two by the time that Bill and his wife traveled down there. And he wrote down some observations. And the first, he wrote a list of 14 of them. The first one, he says, this is real. God is very present. So kind of at the outset what I'm First seeing one. is real. Yeah. Is that, do you think that there's a hint of skepticism that sometimes comes when you hear about things like this? For me, there because it's Asbury, I didn't have as much. Okay. But there have been some revivals that have happened, quote, revivals that have happened that uh, were way more about the 
oh, how do I say this carefully? Bizarrely demonstrative stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. the spectacle. The spectacle. It was like uh, people were barking like dogs. Mm. Uh, Toronto Revival, Toronto Awakening, all that stuff. And yeah. frankly, that didn't have legs to it. Sure. Because it just becomes a spectacle. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, Ali, do you mind if I, if I jump in with something yeah, sure. based off Go what ahead. Carl said there? Uh, point eight, Bill Elif says, it's not weird from what he's seeing. He says, everything's extremely orderly, but vibrant, spontaneous, and powerful. That's a great way to describe something healthy, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I, that was what I was going to say, too, that I love that he kind of answered the question that some, is sometimes raised in people's mind. Well, what what's going on here? Is yeah. this like a bunch of weird college kids who are... You know, and any your mind can go anywhere else, and I think that's a tool of the enemy to kind of make us uh, minimize the work of the Holy Spirit because we're not we're not always used to seeing the Holy Spirit move powerfully. So sometimes I think it scares us a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, what I, does that look like? What does that mean? Is it is it something weird and scary? Yeah, and I, you know, I I used to be afraid, thinking, well, what's this going to be like? As as far as when I was a little kid and I thought about revival and I heard about repentance being at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about some people, uh, you know, prof- prophesying stuff and basically reading people's mail. Mm-hmm. I want you to know something, Boom Crew. The God of the scriptures and the God of awakening, he's not trying to bust people out. He's wooing people to himself. Yeah. So this isn't about somebody getting caught. This, this is about repentance of people that are broken before the Lord, seeing their heart and saying, I got to give it to you. I, I got to tell you, I've been watching some Twitter feeds. I know Superdye wants to get a word in here. We're, we're going to make plenty of time for that because um, I love Superdye's words. Uh, but um, I've been watching a lot of Twitter feed on this thing. And Twitter feed is usually a cesspool of just junk. Yes. It's been pretty clean. Been amazed. I, I mean, there's a few knuckleheads mm-hmm. out there. But one guy said... I went to the Asbury University, and I'm coming back to tell you I repent. I was skeptical, and now I have realized that I have lost my fire. I feel like crying right now. For 30 years, I've lost a holy expectation of revival Mm -hmm. in my own heart and for our nation, and now I believe God for it again. Wow. And I thought, that's cool. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? What you got, Super Die? Oh, I was just making the comment that I liked how he closed the article. What's that? It's very powerful to me. He said he was speaking to the hotel receptionist, and she mentioned the fact that they were sold out of rooms. And she said that we were not prepared for this revival. So he responded, may it not be true of us. And it was like, ooh, are we prepared? Yeah, I mean, I, are we prepared? And here's what's really cool. I think we are. I mean, that's what's really cool. I'm, I'm blown away at how many people are responding so positively to this. Mm. So listen, Boom Crew, come and get this article right now. I want you to get this. This is important. Everyone get this if you can. Text the word REVIVAL to 312-274-9624. Just text the word REVIVAL, 312-274-9624. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Here we go, guys. Boom, crew. We're off and running. I hope you're taking a good step with Jesus today. Your feet hit the hardwood or the rugs, and let's go, man. Let's follow Christ. We are disciples of Jesus, and we're here to help you walk it out. There are two 
places in Scripture, at least two, probably way more than that, but two that stand out to me that when I was a kid, even before I was a Christian, I remember hearing these stories going, number one, that story is really weird. Number two, I cannot believe that it happened. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Where I'm like, all right, this makes the Bible somewhat unbelievable. And I'm being candid with you. Sure. And it's in Genesis 19. And the story is Lot, who's taken off, and Abraham's like, oh, God, I go get my nephew. This kid, man, he gets in trouble all the time. Now he's down there in Sodom. And he's like, I got to go get him. And God says, I'm taking that town down. And Abraham starts striking a deal with God. If there be 50 righteous, would you spare it? It's and such I, a funny interaction. I think, I think God agrees with all these numbers. Yes. But here's the problem. Abraham knows there's not 50 righteous. Right. So he starts going down the number. Yeah. If there would be um, 32 righteous. Yeah. We go with 20. How about 15? <laughs> and then they go all the way down to 10. And he says, I'd spare it. Well, obviously, Abraham knows that the chances of finding 10, you get a snowball's chance of Gehenna of finding 10 in, in Sodom who are righteous. Mm-hmm. So he goes to, down, and here's what they find out, guys. In chapter 19, two angels of God that obviously are appear as men in street clothes. Yeah. Walk in to Lot, and they're trying to warn him. They're saying, get the cat here out of here. Well, the men of Sodom see these guys, and the way the story goes, they start beating on the door, saying, bring out your visitors. We want to have relations with them. Do I need to be clear here, boom crew, or we all know what relations means, right? And when I was a kid, I honestly thought, Oh, that's a freak show. And now I, I, I'm not without any fanfare or theater here. I'm just going to tell you, you hear of what's going on in uh, like Burning Man. Have you heard of Burning Man, this festival in California yeah. in the middle of the desert? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's like it makes Sodom and Gomorrah look mellow. And so now you go, oh, we can get that way. You got to be kidding me. That's an awkward passage of scripture. I will it grant is. you. It, it is. is. But as a kid growing up, you feel what I'm feeling? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, no. Yeah. Dudes beating on a door looking for other dudes to have relationships with. And they don't meet them like even during happy hour. It's just kind of like we're wailing on it. Yeah. It's within reach. So that's one. And then you go to Matthew 24. And <laughs> you start looking at... uh 1 Corinthians 15, in an instant, twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, and, and it, it talks about the second coming of Jesus in 1 Thessalonians. And in Matthew 24, we're hitting this on Freedom Friday. You got two men walking down a road. One's whoop, the other one's left behind. You got two women grinding at a mill. You got one whoop, the other one's left behind. And I always thought as a kid growing up, oh, well, there's going to be immediate mass revival. Because I'm telling you one thing right now. If I'm a lost guy and I'm driving down a road and the passenger disappears and he's a disciple of Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking, I'm, find me a church. I am yeah. going to a church now. Sure, sure. Well, then you start 
looking at this, and you know, I mean, it was what was it this last year? It was in two twenty two that they released all the yeah. um, Roswell tapes and all the UFO, UFO stuff. Files. And and you know what? Our own armed forces has come come back with uh, lots of detail that is not explainable. Sure. Well, now you're going. Oh boy. And then we got this revival breaking out at Asbury University. At the very same time, we've got a big old balloon that's got surveillance out the wazoo on us. Yeah. Getting dropped down in the Atlantic. And then immediately after that, this is almost this is almost hard to even get your mind around. It's crazy. Guys, there's this sighting uh, and there's there's rumors of other sightings. But you've got a sighting in Alaska in Prudhoe Bay where I worked in the oil fields. They've got footage, drone footage from the oil fields where they shot it down. Mm. It's where I worked. I'm looking at oil field camps where I worked. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. And then they say the F-22s that were scrambled to go shoot this sucker out of the sky, their, some of their electronics were jammed mm-hmm. by this thing up in the sky. Then you've got a sighting over Montana. Oh, but before that. They down another object that they say isn't a balloon, but it's kind of like it. They and it, they knock that sucker down in um, Canada. Canada. Yeah. They scramble some fighters, and we go shoot it down there. Then we have a sighting in Montana thirty six hours ago, and they send up planes, and the planes can't find it. And then they suspect that it drifts over Wisconsin. Goes over Lake Huron, they spot it, Mm -hmm. and they go blow it out of the sky. But not before they say this. It was an octagon, as in like an MMA cage match octagon. And and they don't understand how it's in flight, and it's got no propulsion that they can see. So is it carried in the jet stream? Now, here's here's where I'm going with this. There's enough ambiguity around this kind of stuff now. That when there's a rapture of the saints and a bunch of Jesus followers disappear, it is way more easily explained away than it ever was in my small mind in the 60s. Mm. Sure. You guys with me on this? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's we are so used to operating in the in the natural, in the scene. Sister (laughs) preach. Yeah. That I think sometimes our minds, and this is definitely true for me, my mind doesn't know what to do with sometimes things that I can't explain. Yeah. And we can very easily become so fixated on the things we can see that you can almost become dull to the unseen world and to the fact that there's so many things happening that we can't explain. And the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. But it's very convenient, I now discern, that the prince and power of the air would have these crazy octagonal sightings yeah. unexplained. And you know, here's the bummer about this. They're not going to get all the intel on these. Even if they were all Chinese satellite drone devices of some kind that had some newfangled propulsion system, mm-hmm. they aren't going to get all the lowdown on it. And you know what that leaves the population with, the gen pop? When a bunch of Christians disappear, oh, I know this sounds crazy to say this, Boom Crew, but this is the way it will be rationalized. It's an alien abduction. 
These yeah. guys just got more serious and they just harvested a bunch of people off the planet. Well, you know, I mean, I also think about because, Carl, you you and I were were not believers, but we knew scripture, yep. you know, and so rapture is something that, you know, probably we would have thought of. But we did. There are a lot of people who don't know scripture and therefore haven't heard about the rapture, don't know about it, you know. And and so it becomes even more of a question as to is this a Christian thing, you know, because because it's something that not everybody is familiar with, like we're familiar with. You're right. Yeah. And so, I mean, now so now we've got a more biblically illiterate kind of populace. Yeah. And, and by the way, now we got to be careful because you can't look at end times through the geopolitical of America. Right. But look what's happening in Israel, guys. Look, I mean, look at look at what's happening with the Hamas and the Palestinian conflict on uh, West Bank, Gaza Strip, you name it. That thing is not calming down. It's heating up. Yeah. I mean, the Israelis, uh, the uh, EMTs from the Israeli government that were in there doing so many of those rescues in Turkey, they had to pull them out because all of a sudden big threats oh. came their way. Mm-hmm. So these guys are in there doing the Lord's work and they had to pull them out. It's just fascinating stuff, guys. So coming up here in a moment, we're going to throw you some other crazy newfangled things this morning. Because the news is just... I know. It's just just erupting in good stuff. One other big thing that people are talking about after the Super Bowl that we haven't even talked about yet. What? Hang, Hang on. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Oh, I got so much going on here, guys. Well, <laughs> I saw the first ad for Super Bowl ad. I don't, I, I don't know how many they ran, but I, it was late in the in the game. Yeah, I think they ran two. Okay, the one that ran late in the game. Yeah, it was so whoa, good. Oh man, I mean that was amazing. What are we talking about here, Allie? Well, if you saw the "He Gets Us" campaign, I mean, I was drawn in before I even knew what who was. Producing it, mm-hmm. I was drawn in by the images of it. The first one ta- had kind of pictures of children who were reuniting. There was a, a little boy and a, a it was a, a a black boy and a white boy, and they were running together mm-hmm. and they meet, they hug each other, and it's a it's a clip that went viral. And oh, that had, one! Yes, they used so they had, that. They had all these clips that just capture your attention. You it's go, awesome. what what is this? And then it's the he gets us, and it talks about having faith like a child. They were very simply done. They were black and white, but yeah. they drew you in. The the one that I saw was just scene after scene of conflict and turmoil yep. and people fighting and mm-hmm. and I'm like, where's this going? And it caught me so off guard. I thought, yeah. what in the what world is this, is this ad? Yes. And then it's like he gets us, and I'm like, boom, mm-hmm. baby. And it was the 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 little tagline at the end of that commercial. That one hit me the hardest of all. It said, "Jesus loves the people we hate." And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, it's so true. And what a what a beautiful way to pull people in, because we all have that feeling, no matter the side that we come from on on any specific issue. We've all had those feelings of anger towards other people. But Jesus loves everybody. Here's a here's a hot take. I want to give you boom crew. And I want you to think about this. Don't get bummed out when people are flipping out about this campaign. They are. Wear it as a badge of honor. Look at the early church. Every time something good happened, here's what would happen. There's three groups of people. Those that are in the pocket with Jesus being used to carry it out. 
those that are in the pocket with enemies of darkness, and they're there to deny it, denounce it, and to reign on the parade. But then there's always a few that are responding to the call of God. That's how the church grew. I mean, yeah. you got guys telling Paul and Silas, shut up or you're going in the clink. Yeah. You guys are telling Peter and John, if you preach again in Jesus' name, you're going down. What do they do? They go to a prayer meeting. God, help us be more bold with the scriptures. Yes. So yes. that you, and then you yeah. send out your hand to do signs and wonders. And what happens? And many were added to their number. Yes. Amen. So you're, you're always going to have the nincompoops, is what my dad used to call them. You're always going to have the nincompoops. I mean, that's going to happen because Jesus said it. Their father is the devil. Those are hard words, aren't they? Yes. But their father is the devil. So they're always going to be doing that. Don't wig out over that. We're looking for, we're looking out of a pile of ashes after they burn down the ad campaign, the people that go, he gets me? Mm-hmm. I'd like to follow him. Mm-hmm. Boom! That's who we're looking for. If you go to the He Gets Us website, they have the whole story behind their campaign, and they say our agenda is to rediscover the love story of Jesus. Christians, non Christians, and everybody in between, all of us. So th- this campaign is really in response to what they have found to be true about how people perceive Jesus, Christianity, Christians in general, because of where we are at in culture. And so they're kind of reintroducing who Jesus really is to people who've maybe rejected him based on things that they've seen that don't even reflect who he is. I, it's just, it, it's so counterintuitive from the way we like to approach things, but props to these guys for doing it. I mean, I'm proud of them and pray for them by the way, and grab the coattails of that thing. Use this discussion. Don't let it just sit there and build on it. Uh, a lot going on here today. By the way, Asbury Revival, let's go back there straight ahead. Have you not heard about what's going on in Asbury, Kentucky? <laughs> this is crazy, guys. No joking. Wednesday morning chapel started, and guess what? It hasn't ended yet. Coming up in a minute and a half, we got details and a incredible blog from a great Man of God who visited there and had to write on it, and it was just produced yesterday. We got it for you straight ahead. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. This is a fascinating day. It's just a fascinating day, and we've got some awesome resources for you today. We're talking right now about the Asbury University revival that is currently in full swing. And what we want to be doing here is really praying for these kids because, and it, and it's kids. I don't care if it's Haystack Revival, it's the Great Awakening, you name it. it we got to be praying for them. Yeah. But the spirit on these kids, and they're kids. Good gracious. Young Thunder. I know. They make you look like an old uncle. I am an old <laughs> uncle. Compared uh, to oh, wow. These are kids. I mean, these are kids. And I was so impressed. There's a, a young lady that was in the gospel choir. And she said that uh, when she got done with the second song and the whole team, they thought they'd be done. And sometimes the band stays and worships a little bit more with a few stragglers. It didn't end. God's spirit began to move. And there was repentance. And there have been verifiable signs of healing. And there have been salvations. And people are coming back to the Lord. And people are descending on the campus as we speak. I was up this morning early um, 
couldn't sleep, getting a sauna, and I was on my phone, and I'm scrolling through <laughs> Twitter feeds, and I'm in there slapping my hand on the bench. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> and I mean, it is one of the most awesome things going, guys. God is on the move. And we need to be rejoicing. Now, you want I want to answer a question for you. Because when we hear about revival, we wonder, well, what in the cat here is revival? Yeah. This is uh, some of the best ways to look back at this is look at what it did in the culture. Because if it's, if, you know, the question is, is a revival going to make a splash or is it going to make a difference? Right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. And a real revival is going to make a difference. Yes. There's already a difference being made. Some of these kids will never be the same again. Do you know that the greatest movement of missionaries globally came out of the Jesus movement? And it was in 1970 that Asbury University, man, I'm getting choked up here thinking about this, guys, because I've been, my bride and I, we've been praying and dreaming about an awakening for years in America. Now, you got to ask the question, what in the world is going to happen if we have awakening? So let me just go historically just quickly and take you back to, and this is an excerpt from an article that we have for you, by the way. But Bill Elif cites Sam Davies, president of Princeton, who was in the first great awakening. And he said during that time, quote, the gospel became almighty and carried everything before it, end quote. In that nationwide movement, 15% of the population of America came to faith in Christ. Wow. While towns reported that there were no adults left who were unconverted. Mm. <laughs> now, wow. Asbury's not there yet. No. But it's on the move. Absolutely. God is moving. So what can we take away from that? Let's, let's just 15%. Now, you might say, well, that's, that's, a, that's a ton of people. It's millions, millions of people. I mean, 15, 15%, that's a lot of people. And let me just tell you guys, I'm a pastor among other gospel-preaching pastors in downtown Chicago for which our kind of target area is a couple million people mm-hmm. that are within reach. Yeah. And I ran the stats on this thing back in the day. And I concluded, I ran the numbers. I took all the gospel preaching churches and I calculated how many pews or chairs, how much seating they had. And if you filled, and they weren't all filled, if you filled every one of those pews and chairs, you couldn't reach, I think it was 1.5% of the city. Hmm. 1.5%. Yeah. Yeah. There's Guys, a lot of people out if there. We had, if we had... Five percent, forget fifteen percent, like the Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. If we had five percent, if we had three percent, if we had two percent of this city yeah. bow low before God, it would be newsmaking. Absolutely. I just looked up. You know, I I put in the number three hundred million, which is less than the U.S. population, and times it by fifteen percent, and that's forty five million people. So it would be more than forty five million people if you took today's population and added fifteen and and said fifteen percent of that. Forty five million people. That's a lot of people. Guys, here's what happened during the Jesus movement. A a missionary movement was born out of that that took the gospel to the nations. Wow. You know, I I love this article that he kind of the – Kind of, and now is what he ends this with. And he says, pray for Asbury, pray for your church and the churches and the people of your city. I think something like this, it's good to have uh, a sense of jealousy in a great way. In a good way. Where you go, wow. 
Bring yes. it here. Bring Absolutely. it here. Come, Lord. Because God is generous. So it's not like you're what happens one place. We would take it from them and they don't get it, but we want it for no God's generous. So we can cry out to God. I want personal revival. I want revival for the church that I go to. The church is in Chicagoland. The church is in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Another sign of revival. That is amazing corollary between what's happened at, at Asbury University and what my bride Jubes, grandpa, told us that he saw when he was 16 in the Scottish revivals. There's a correlation. And in a minute and a half, I want to give that to you. First, don't go anywhere. I want every one of you in the Boom Crew now, today, get this article by Bill Elliff. He went and visited the Asbury revival 48 hours ago. And he just wrote this. This I think it came out. Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the 11th? Uh, yeah, the 11th that was Saturday. Be, yeah, yeah, Saturday. So it came out on the 11th, and it is current, and it is powerful. Come get this article right now. Just text the word REVIVAL to 312-274-9624. Just text the word REVIVAL. Okay, coming up, what is what is spoken of about Asbury University? And now it's spreading. In fact, I, I got to keep moving here, guys, but 31... Christian colleges and universities have representatives that have traveled there already. That was yesterday, so that's old news. Can't wait to see what God's going to do here, right here in Chicagoland. And, but there's a correlation between what's happening in Asbury University and the Scottish revivals. I'll give it to you straight ahead. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All right, we're going to get some people in here to pray for this revival that is spreading across Asbury University and beyond. 31 college campuses as of yesterday, Christian college campuses and universities had representatives flying in there. And they're doing something really cool, something else We've got so many pieces to this, guys, but they have student leaders that are going that are up on the stage and they are commissioning. They are commission. It's almost it's me crying. They are commissioning these student leaders to go back to their campuses and keep this fire yeah. going. I, I that's the cool part is like this. This is as awesome it is for it to be to experience it in one place. It's like, guys, go back and pray for this at, yeah. at your campus, too. So we're going to. We're going to do some praying here in just um, just a moment here. Uh, this is so cool. A uh, lot of links going out. I don't want to stop this. I want to keep this cooking. Um, God is doing something. And we're going to get into those two question marks that I've had from the Word of God for a lot of years. When I was a little kid growing up in Sand Lake Baptist Church, I remember hearing this one story preached, and I'm like, well, that is weirder than weird, man. And there is no way that happened. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get my mind around it. So I want to give you that one. And then also one that we just hit on Friday was just, um, it was just, it was just awesome because it is one that when I was young, I thought, there's no way this is going to happen without the whole world knowing exactly what's going down. But now we find out, oh, could be very different. We'll get to that. But I really want to get some prayers in here. Philip from Rickton Park, Illinois, you want to pray, my friend? 
Good morning. Good morning, Philip. Lift it up to God here, man. Let's pray. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, God, we boldly come before your throne of grace, God, seeking your face. We join together our hearts, tender as you have made them, for this revival that's happening right now in Kentucky. We know, Heavenly Father, that 53 years ago, you were there again. The dwelling, indwelling of your Holy Spirit prompted a revival then, and now you have come back and done it again. Yes. May this revival, God, may even have a greater impact. May it reach beyond the middle of America and go across the states, even across the oceans. Yes, yes. May this revival that you have started, that you have sprung out of your goodness and your holiness, God, out of your plan and your purpose, may it affect lives in ways never before seen. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will make a mighty move and do a mighty work right now in this world today, God. May people leave Kentucky and go forward blessed with the fire of the Holy Spirit and spread your word far and wide, God. And may it be a a harbinger, God, of what is to come, not what happened, but what is to come. We trust this and we pray this in the mighty name of your son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Philip, thank you. Mimi, first-time caller in Chicago. Lift it up, Mimi. Let's pray. We'll join yes, you. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these this, these students that um, feel your presence. Lord, thank you for Asbury. Thank you for that you want, you want revival. You want to bring our country back to you. And I thank you that these students, that, that they'll be the next ambassadors for Christ to go out into our country, into the world, Father God, to proclaim Jesus and that they will change the hearts of uh, their their people their age, Lord God, that have been blinded, blinded by the culture. And I just pray that this revival would continue, that it would infiltrate other other universities, Please, secular universities, Father God, bring them back to the, 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 the Christian principles that they were founded upon, Father God. And we just pray for more fire to to go on into other universities and to go into other cities and across the world, Lord. May this be real and lasting. And we just pray for our country. Uh, we just pray for um, more and more people to get saved, Father God, yes. and to change the culture through these uh, through these students, Lord. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And let it be. Thank you, Mimi. Matthew in Chicago, lift it up, my man. Let's go. Lord God, I just thank you so much for what you are doing in Asbury. Lord, I just um, pray that this will light a fire Please. in this country. Please, Lord. Lord, I just, um, Lord, I pray for your church. I just pray that um, there'll be a revival in your church, that uh, a local church would be what you asked us to be, that our hearts and our souls will just be lit on fire for you. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Help us to love each other and love those around us in such a way that we get asked, what is wrong with these people? Lord, I just pray that this will not stop. May it continue for weeks and months to come. In your Precious name, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, and let it be. Let's get one more in here. Bert from Forest Park, lift it up, Bert. 
Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Father God, we just honor you. Thank you. Bless you. Give you praise this morning. We're entering into your courts with thanksgiving, into your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. Father, we thank you for the hearts of those that are moving right now to just pray for revival in this land. Father, let it be. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our helper, who's moving across this land right now. Father, we pray for those that don't yet know you. Let them come to know you. Let a move of your love and your grace just move over them, Father. Father, for those that are sinning in the land, we lift them up where they know not what they do. Father, we pray that they would come into a knowledge of the truth. We pray that a labor would cross their path and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, we're honoring you in all that we do and say today. Let us be a light for you in this land as revival sweeps this nation, this globe for your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And let it be. Willie, And we're going to let you pray and then we're going to take a break. Lift it up, Willie. Let's go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, God, we come to say thank you. We thank you for waking us up this morning without our permission. We thank you for waking us up this morning, closed in our right mind. Remember the young people in a special way. Oh, God, remember this ministry program. Remember those that's in charge. Uh, remember the boom crew in a special way. These are the blessings we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen, Willie. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for calling in. If you're just tuning in, you might be saying, what are we praying about? We're praying, building on, asking the Spirit of God to move in power because of what is happening in Asbury University as we speak. It began Wednesday morning. Uh, give us cliff notes on this one, Allie. Take it away, sister. Yeah, it's a, Asbury University is a small Christian college in Kentucky, and they had a chapel service similar to what we have here at Moody. Students gather uh, once a week, and their chapel service was supposed to end, and everybody goes to their 11 o'clock class. Well, a couple students stuck around afterwards and were worshiping, and then more kept coming back. And all of a sudden, it was this service that uh, wasn't over yet. And then the rest of the day passed, and more people started coming, and then people started coming from other colleges. And now it's over 100 hours later and it's still going. They're still in this service, worshiping, praying uh, at the altar, confessing sin. It's just, it's a, the picture of it is just so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, level-headed. It's clear-eyed. The Spirit of God is blanketing the place, according to reports. And uh, this is, this is healthy. Uh, Repentance, is one of the greatest evidences of genuine revival, and it is happening. People are flocking to the altars in movements, like waves to the altar, just finding forgiveness and help and hope, and uh, God's Spirit is on the move. Bill Eliff is a super-trusted pastor. He traveled with his wife there to see what was going on Saturday morning. He hated to peel away, but he went back home and wrote about it. We have a link to this article. There's a lot of good writings on this, but this is one that is epic. It's from a man that has prayed for revival, and what he's seen, he's documented 14 points that I want you to have. I want you to not only have it, I want you to pray through it, and I want you to pass this along. Give it to your kids. Give it to a son or daughter. Put a, put a question mark in their brain if they're away from the Lord. Pass it along and uh, see, what, see what God does. Grab this link right now. You've never texted us before. It's real simple to do. Just text the word REVIVAL to 312-274-9624. Just the word REVIVAL, nothing else, no extra emojis or names, just REVIVAL 
312-274-9624. Coming up, minute and a half. We're going to go to a couple of things. This is a, this is an amazing day. We're doing something very different. And I told Allie when I walked in here this morning, I said, Sister, we're going to be coming into a new season. And it won't be like this all the time. But we're coming into a season when world events are are going to, by virtue of what's happening, need to be interpreted through the lens of Scripture. And it's, you know, it used to be what bleeds leads, right, Allie? Oh, Come yeah. On. That's a unfortunate but very truism in news. But what's bleeding right now in the news and what we're seeing in our culture today is confirming Scripture and also answering some questions. Two big ones. I had as a kid, Young Thunder had these. All four of us had these to some degree. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Now we get it. What are those two things coming up? Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We're looking at what's going on in Turkey and we're wondering, man, what can we do? And we're hearing great news. Like, I mean, Israel is sending folks in and they're they're watching people get recovered in the aftermath of this earthquake in Turkey. It's almost overwhelming. I saw some footage, aerial footage of this yesterday that just is shocking. Uh, just whole apartment living units just pancake down on one another, and yet they're still trying to recover uh, folks from the rubble. And who's got boots on the ground anyway? Let's bring in this guy, Edward Graham. How you doing this morning, Edward? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, you are with Samaritan's Purse. You got a familiar last name. Is your granddad the Billy Graham? Is that right? Edward? Now, Billy would be my grandfather. Franklin's my father. So yeah. all I got out of this was the nose and chin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing a good work. Tell us, what are you doing over there? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, the team got there just a couple, about a day after, and our assessment team started working with the Turkish government. But immediately the, the government of Turkey reached out and asked for one of our field hospitals that we can deploy pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, with our aircraft and our what we call a disaster assistant response team, we keep ha- uh, hospitals on the shelf. But our team has just seen horrific tragedy um, as the death toll continues to climb. But uh, the government has asked us to set up one of our 52 patient emergency field hospitals. This is a surgical orthopedic style surgical hospital that we can set up. And it's going to be in, in Atikia, which is ancient Antioch. And um, our team was there at the hospital. They had a thousand bed hospital that collapsed in this community. Oh, my word. And um, what they're doing right now, the government is bringing patients to them, but they can't even get inside the old hospital to get the equipment or they have no supplies. But they're treating and triaging people in the parking lot. And there's just hundreds of tarps on, on top of the dead bodies. So it is just a very chaotic and tragic scene. I ask your listeners, pray for Turkey, pray for the people that are hurting the death toll is going to continue to climb. This was a massive earthquake in a very difficult part of the world as far as getting to. Um, the roads are destroyed. It's just going to be very challenging for the Turkish government. They need help, but they need prayer. Yeah, and they're asking for it. That's what's amazing, Edward. Um, I saw yeah. this from one uh, one leader in Turkey who said to a American reporter, would you pray for us? And boy, when they say that, we got to do it. Um, Boom crew, you listen to this. And I got to tell you, Samaritan's Purse, they are awesome. I've been to Boone. I've been with Franklin. I've seen some of what's gone, uh, what they do to organize and mobilize people around the globe. We've got a way for you to respond right now. We're getting that keyword set up right now. Yep. Just text the word response to 312 
312-274-9624. Just text the word response to 312-274-9624. Edward Graham with us right now. Thank you for ducking in here this morning. Edward, we got some of the most generous people on the planet right here in Chicagoland. I mean, just spirit-filled followers of Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to lock hearts with you. Would you pray? We'll lock hearts all across Chicagoland, okay, my man? Well, I appreciate it. Um, let's do it. I love it. Lord, we thank you for the gift and the power of prayer. I lift up Turkey. Lord, they need uh, your hand, your blessing. Lord, we pray for our staff that's deployed there. We pray for their safety, their yes. encouragement. But, Lord, these are opportunities that we can love our neighbor uh, that's hurting in the ditch. Let us, just like the story of the Good Samaritan, pass nobody um, without loving them and serving and meeting their immediate needs. But, Lord, just the ultimate price. The, uh, the debt that you paid, Lord, may we love our neighbor in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray for the resources, the people, the, the volunteers, and the, uh, the donations that you entrust us with may be about your name and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, just bless, protect these people that are hurting and suffering right now. And uh, Lord, just let us be a little part of the healing in Turkey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Edward Graham, thank you for being with us, Edward. Godspeed to you. Give your dad a hug Mm -hmm. for me next time you see him, okay? I will. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Edward. Edward Graham, Samaritan's Purse. We've got a response link set up right now. Some of you are like, how can we really help? And you're doing it in the name of Jesus. This, This one of the coolest things about Samaritan's Purse is they don't go anywhere where they don't have pastoral support on the ground as well. Yeah. And, uh, How do you get into Turkey? How do you get into a country that's maybe somewhat resistant to the gospel? By rendering aid, by lending a hand, and you can be a part of this response right now. Just text the word RESPONSE to 312-274-9624. Text the word RESPONSE to 312-274-9624. Hey, this is Bart Miller from Mercy Me, and you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings on Moody Radio Chicago. We've got Susie Larson with us right now, radio host, best-selling author, national speaker, and one of our favorites. Oh, boy. this! Let me tell you what I love about Susie. We've got to brag on her before we bring her in. She's in Fuego, for Christ. She's on fire. She's super clear, and she lives with her head on a swivel. What do I mean when I say that? So oh, that always. Susie who's listening right now doesn't think I've lost my mind. <laughs> always looking for where God's moving. Yeah, always I mean, she looking. Susie Larson, how are you doing, young lady? I'm just so honored to be with you too. You're some of my favorites as well. So thank you for having me. You know, we know that prayer is a big, big. Oh, my goodness, it should be for everyone, but it's a big part of your not only spiritual disciplines, but it's a part of your life. What has God been revealing to you in prayer? No, let's go back. What were the worst times of prayer for you? I mean, come on, (laughs) let's go back. We'll lead with the bad. We'll lead with the the bad. We'll move to the good. (laughs) You're a pro. You know how to do this. Well, I I will tell you, you know that I've had uh, battled for uh, 32 years with Lyme disease, up and down, and I'm a fierce fighter, and uh, my doctors have said, if you weren't such a fighter, you'd probably be in a wheelchair, and I praise God for the the grit and the drive to do whatever it is I can do to do my part and ask God to do his part. Seven years ago, I had a massive relapse uh, and attacked my brain um, in seven areas of my brain, and 
created a really bad neurological issues. I was having word find issues and I'm a talk radio host. My tongue was going numb and I, I couldn't spell anymore. I mean, it was a really, words, really painful journey back in these last seven years. You know, Easter and, and Christmas are like my favorite holidays. And every Easter kind of had this thing like, maybe this is my Easter miracle or whatever. But a year ago, my low point, it was the night before Easter. And what I was experiencing was these neurological surges that felt like I was having a stroke. My heart was beating out of my chest irregularly. The numbing would shoot up my neck and into my jaw and terror would come with it. And so I went downstairs and I'm pacing the floor, just praying God's word. And finally, I'm like, God, you have to kill me or heal me. I I don't have the mental capacity to live with this kind of trauma and terror. It was just so devastating. I walked the floor the whole night. And the next morning, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And my sister and her husband and the kids were supposed to come over for Easter. And I was supposed to have everything ready. And I was sitting at the counter with my face in my hands, weeping. I was just beside myself. I don't have any more fight. And and so what I realized after that Easter, because it was still, things were really hard. He brought me to that passage where John the Baptist, you know, Jesus said, no greater man born of women than John. And John is his cousin. John was the one who said, prepare the way. But John was in prison and started to doubt. And he said, are you the Christ? And he sent his, his buddies to go ask Jesus, are you, or should we be looking? Are you my cousin, the Christ? I mean, he'd already seen right. the heavens open up. Right. He knew, but that's what, I love that that was included there because, you know, he was away from the action and Jesus' response was held this tension of, of compassion and conviction because he said, you go tell him the blind see, the lame walk, you know, the supernatural is still happening. Even if you're away from the action, you must know it's still happening. Yes. But blessed are those who are not offended by me. And I'd realized I'd gotten offended. It's just been such a long battle that that was my piece and my role to get on my knees to say, Lord, I don't get the mystery of your ways with healing sickness, but I know mine is to keep my heart right before you. So I'm going to do that and trust, you know, me, you know, where I live, help me to be faithful in the meantime. So during this Lenten season, and over the matter of a few days, one woman came up to me and said, this is me, she said, and I have three friends, one of which was a good friend of mine. We are to pray with you every week until you're healed. Within a couple of days of that, this woman came up with a friend that I respect, totally different scenario. She said, Susie, the Lord has seen your fight. You need to know that you're not healed, not because you don't have faith, but that fight is for the sake of the many. And then within a few days of that, I had a Wednesday night prayer, a Thursday morning prayer, and a Tuesday prayer. So long story short, these women have walked with me, and I've had a miraculous break. Like my, I went through counseling in those early years to deal with the trauma that happened to me when I was a child at the hands of of boys. And I went through counseling. I forgave them, but my body was still holding on to trauma. And in one of these meetings, it shown that my body was stuck in fight flight. Right. You're supposed to spend 80% of your day and 80% of your life in rest and digest. And my body was stuck in fight flight, mm. which is such an inflammatory response. And my body released, my pulse literally went down like 20 points within a few days. Like wow. there was a physiological holding on to what had happened yeah. that I couldn't get free by myself. Yeah. When you've had a lot of trauma, you do brace for impact. And I just listed 12 things in my journal the other day that have really miraculously changed since these prayers. We have a traumatized world, so we have got to get healed from our trauma so we can help. What would you advise somebody to do? 
who's dealing with okay. either the the trauma, and we'll get to this coming up, someone who's coming out of a traumatic background, as, as you did, or somebody who is struggling with a long-term chronic sort of diagnosis or something that they've been praying for to be released and have not. So we'll tackle those two coming, coming up. up. The interesting thing here, Allie, is this fight or flight versus, I forget what the contrast was, versus that piece Rest of- and digest. Yes, man, there's I think we've got a world that is in fight or flight mode. I'm not kidding you. I really believe this. How do we get freed from that? Coming up with Susie Larson. Get to know the team behind the scenes. Check out Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, she's back here. Susie Larson, radio host, best-selling author, national speaker, and, I mean, deep lover of God. And uh, let's pick it up where we left off here. Yeah, Susie's been sharing a little bit of her own story. Susie, I want you to speak to the person who uh, relates to having a a, a lot of trauma in the background or the other aspect of your story dealing with long-term waiting on God for an answer for healing. And it's not fully been realized yet. What do you say to the person who wants to begin to pray with expectation in those two areas? Well, I thank you for that question. So I'm going to go to Luke's Gospel 18, where Jesus, when he tells us how to pray, he brings up a parable of a a widow uh, before an unrighteous judge. And women had no legal right or standing in court. A widow had no resources. And then the judge did not fear God or care about people. And Jesus brings this story up to show us a lesson in contrast, because she had no right and no advocacy. We are children of God. We have every right to be in the courts of God, of, of the courts of the Most High. And we have Jesus as our advocate. So we plead his blood over us for, you know, atonement, for sickness, for sin, for everything. And when you think of how the ways that the enemy comes against us, he's studying us our whole life, looking for inroads to traumatize us. So he wants to stay in the shadows as much as he can so he can steal, kill, and destroy. We have to start with believing Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy and that we would have life and life abundantly. So if you are in that place, I want you to study Luke 18 and see yourself. If you are in Christ, you are an heir of God. You are seated with Christ. So ask God, show me the ways the enemy has stolen from me. Because if you don't even know what you possess, you don't know what's been stolen. And then come into the courts knowing that you are not uh, without advocacy. You have Jesus. You are not somebody who's an outcast. You belong in the courts of heaven. You have a father who happens to be a judge, and you have an adversary who's been bent on your destruction. You know, when you're in court, you don't turn to the person you're accusing and yell at them. You say, judge, render a verdict against my adversary. Issue a cease and desist. And I'm asking you, God, to intervene on my behalf. But you have to stand and believe that his word is true. And I will tell you, when you guard your heart against offense against God, the enemy wants you to blame God because it keeps you out of sync. But if you can stand on his promises and say, God, you are always and only good. You have good plans. And yes, you said we're going to have trouble. But you said you would redeem it all. And so I would say your part is to remember who you are. Remember who God is. Remember the power he has over the power of the enemy. Keep your heart expectant and hopeful. And one of these days, he's going to blindside you with his goodness. And when I interviewed Lee uh, uh, Strobel on his case for miracles, I said, is there a common denominator in these documented miracles? And he said, every one of them lived with a hopeful joyful expectancy. So they kept their heart right before God, kept their feet on the path of promise. That's it. And you can't stop it after that. That is it. Susie Larson, guys. And you might say, where in the world does this fireball live? 
Well, she hasn't been able to melt the tundra yet, but she's from Minnesota, and she's right up the road. And you can find her at SusieLarson.com. That's S-U-S-I-E, SusieLarson.com. She's a prolific author. She's a phenomenal communicator. It's really funny. I was on her podcast, radio show slash podcast, and I get a text from my brother-in-law, who used to be Dallas Cowboys quarterback, and he lives in Washington, and he goes nowhere near Minnesota except when he played back in pro days. And he said, bro, I heard you with Susie. And I'm like, you listen to Susie? He says, I got her podcast all the time. <laughs> and I said, well, that's, that's great to know, man. So you're making your way all the way out to Seattle, Washington with your podcasts and people that are following you. So way to go. SusieLarson.com. SusieLarson.com. Thanks for being with us, sister. Love you guys so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.